Our world, the final frontier. This is the witness of Watertown First United Methodist Church. Its daily mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To connect, grow, and serve. To boldly shine the light of Jesus in ways it has never been felt before. This week's message of the week comes from Pastor Bryce Blank, who continues our ready-to-launch sermon series. He shares from the Gospel of Mark and challenges us with a prime directive straight from the Gospel. Here is the First Church message of the week. So today, uh, our scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 32-39. And it says, That evening, at sunset, People brought to Jesus those who were sick or demon-possessed. The whole town gathered near the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons. But he didn't let the demons speak, because they recognized him. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place, where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. When they found him, they told him, Everyone's looking for you. And he replied, Let's head in the other direction, to the nearby villages so I can preach there too. That's why I've come. He traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. Now as I read this first part of my sermon, I I would like to ask you to imagine the voice of William Shatner. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Now, you may recognize this from either the picture on the screen or from the words as the opening monologue to the series Star Trek. And whether it is the original series or many series that is to come or any of the movies, they always open with this opening monologue. And it's spoken by the captain. The original one, the guy in the gold shirt, is Captain James Tiberius Kirk or uh, William Shatner. And they always speak this because it's the purpose of the Enterprise, of the starships, as they go out and explore new worlds. They're stating to the crew and to those who are viewing the show what they are going to do and why they do it. Now, in our sermon series here, Ready to Launch, we are like the crew of the Enterprise. We're invited to seek out new life, to boldly go where we haven't gone before. We're invited to reset as we launch into this new season of life, to be reminded of who we are, and whose we are, to pause for a moment and reflect on our lives before setting off again on our life's voyage. Now, pausing to reflect, that's actually a common practice among the Starfleet uh, captains, because they would keep what is called a captain's log, which is a basically audio recording of them reflecting on their experiences, their encounters, and who they have met 
And during this kind of formal reflection process, what would happen is they would normally see things that they hadn't seen before. They would catch on things they had missed, and they would come to new understandings that they hadn't realized. Oftentimes, they came away with a better understanding of what they needed to do and how they needed to redirect their crew and their ships. And we, too, are reflecting on our experiences in hopes of learning something new, in hopes of better understanding our experiences, our situations, and ourselves. We're reflecting on our lives so that we may better experience and understand Jesus. And so I invite you to be brought momentarily into the experience of Christ. Picture it, Jesus, newly baptized in the river, declared to be the Son of God. Still, he's a relatively unknown figure. There's excitement in the air for those who have witnessed Jesus. Side conversations are happening as news about him spreads throughout the region. Maybe these side conversations that you might have with your fellow sports team's fans as you learn about a new player that's going to join your team. There's excitement. There's buzz. Or maybe those conversations you have about the newest tech coming out. Yet again, the newest iPhone that's going to show us cool new things. You're excited about the possibility of what could be, where you could go. And yet with excitement, there's also a bit of concern, maybe, of doubt, of hesitation. Because we've all heard about people before who are supposedly coming to revolution our lives, to deliver us the newest product that will take us away from anything that we have to experience that is bad. To deliver us from suffering or bad times. To make our lives better. Now some of you may be still thinking about your sports team because you've just really had a rough time with your sports team. You haven't seen victory in quite a while. And that may be true. But maybe you're thinking about the newest gadget that's coming out or the newest car model that promises everything. Maybe you're thinking about the politician who promises to do this or to do that, to change your world. Maybe you're just thinking about that newest movie that's going to come out. The excitement of how great it's going to be. You've been waiting with anticipation to see it. But you also know, oh, it may also be a big flop. Because oftentimes, great promise follows with great disappointment. And so what were the people of Jesus' time thinking about him? as they had this excitement in the air. Well, they had seen many kings come and go. They had thought that at times they had escaped their oppression and the dark times, only to have a glimmer of hope before it goes away into more oppressive and dark times. So the question is, who will come to save them this time? Will Jesus be the real deal? Will he deliver? Who is this Jesus person anyway? Will he be the next king to deliver them from the Roman rulers that oppress them at times? They don't know. They have a lot of questions about Jesus, but he's relatively unknown because this is the start of his ministry. So you can feel 
the excitement in the air for this guy named Jesus, the potential of who he could be. Now put yourselves in the shoes of the the disciples, those around Jesus and the crowds in the villages. It's sunset. You've had a long, hard day. And yet you don't want to turn in for the night because you've heard of this guy, Jesus, and you want to see what he's going to bring. You want to see what he will do next. Will he perform a miracle? It's yet to be determined. But many who are sick come to see Jesus. Many who are possessed by their demons coming to see Jesus. Those who have been sick for years and years turned away from one physician, one healer after the other because they can't be cured. Those who have been battling their demons for years. Those who maybe can't even control their own lives because of what they wrestle with. Whether it's for us, alcohol, drugs, sweets, lust, pride, the list can go on and on. We all have those demons that we face. And those in the crowds gathered to see Jesus had their demons too. The disciples, the followers closely of Jesus, had their demons that they brought to this moment. We all have something that we deal with. And so all those who are struggling gathered together to see what would happen in the chance that they might be healed. That, to see that Jesus is real and that their whole world will change for the better. And as that first person approaches Jesus out of the crowd, there's a tension that we can feel build in the air. If he's the real deal, now is his time to shine. He either has it or he doesn't. And it's like that moment that the basketball player shoots the last shot as the clock is ticking down, or the, foot, or the quarterback throws that pass towards the end zone, hoping for a game-winning touchdown. You can feel the tension in the air. People hold their breaths. Your stomach gets a little churny. It's tight with anticipation. Can you feel that tension? And then whoosh. The ball goes into the net as the buzzer rings off and the team wins. The receiver catches the touchdown in the end zone, feet in bounds as the referee calls it a game-winning touchdown. And for Jesus, we see that he does heal. He does cast out demons. And we're filled with relief and excitement as we realize that Jesus is the real deal. He is what we've murmured about. He is what is promised. The pain is eased away. Miraculous works happen over and over as we get more excited and we build upon the wonderful things that Jesus is doing. On and on to the night, he performs his miracles. He does this wonderful work. Now, we only have some strange moments that take us out of this excitement momentarily because Jesus mentions that, because our text mentions that Jesus doesn't let the demons speak. And we're kind of wondering why, why is he amidst this excitement, not allowing those who have been healed to speak and the demons to speak. Despite that 
weird interaction momentarily. It doesn't take away from the excitement of the moment. And again, we are caught up in all the wondrous things that Jesus is doing on and on to the night. And as we leave to go to bed, we can't wait for the next day. The crowds have been healed. The disciples are amazed. They are part of something that they realize is greater than themselves. And we can't wait to see what this Jesus guy will do the next day. Now, I think this is a pretty fun story to interact with, to think about. I can't help but wish that I was maybe there witnessing Jesus for the first time, performing miracles, being with the crowds or maybe with the disciples. I think it's easy to put ourselves in the shoes of those disciples, witnessing Jesus perform miracles, seeing all these people come to see what Jesus will do, how Jesus will help. I think it would be cool just to be part of Jesus' entourage as he goes from one place to the next, part of the great things that are happening firsthand. And at the beginning, with all the excitement growing, if we're the disciples, I think it would be very easy to get caught up in the moment, to get caught up in all the great things that Jesus is doing, especially when they're going so well at the beginning. It'd be easy to get caught up with the crowds, with all the relief from the healing that is happening. And I think we are like the disciples and like the crowds, that we get caught up sometimes in the moment, in the excitement. We get caught up in asking ourselves what Jesus can do for us. We get caught up in seeing how Jesus can make our lives better. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing that we don't even take time with God to see where God is calling us to. And the disciples did get caught up in what Jesus was doing, and they forgot to listen to God. Because we see that early the next morning, while everyone is still sleeping, Jesus gets up, goes off by himself to pray, to, to talk with God. And as the disciples get up, excited, to witness another day of healing, to see this power realized in Jesus yet again, they realize that they can't find him. They can't wait to learn more about Jesus to be firsthand witnesses, but you can't learn more if you can't find Jesus, right? So they go out and seek him. And our gospel in Mark says that Simon and the disciples go out to see him, to find him. But when we look at the same account in the Gospel of Luke, we see that it wasn't just the disciples, but it was actually all the crowds, all the townspeople going out in this massive search to find Jesus. And when they do find him, they have an exchange with him. In Mark's Gospel, we see that they say, Jesus, everyone is searching for you. I mean, that's what I would, I would kind of be frustrated, like, hey, you're the main guy here, where are you, right? Jesus, everyone's been searching for you. And Jesus immediately replies that, well, we're going to go off now. We're going to leave this town and go to the neighboring towns so that I can proclaim the gospel there. I can proclaim the message there. And I'm going to cast demons out there and heal people there and talk to their synagogues. And when we look at this encounter, I think it's kind of strange because he really doesn't meet any resistance. 
with this exchange. They're coming to seek him. They're frustrated. They're like, hey, we found you. We're excited to do great new things. And he's like, I'm going to go off. And they're like, okay, we'll follow you. We'll go where you want to go. And so that's what they do. They go off and our text says they traveled to other areas of Galilee, preaching the good news and healing the sick. However, when we look at this, again, the same account in Luke's gospel, we see that things don't go as smoothly as in Mark's. When the crowds of people and the disciples find Jesus, they actually try to prevent him from leaving. I mean, he's doing such wonderful, wonderful things that I don't really blame them for trying to keep him there, right? If he could literally heal the sick and cast out demons that we've had problems with for years, why would we want him to move on somewhere else? Why would we not want to keep him here to continue making our lives better? All this pressure put on Jesus. And again, in typical Jesus fashion, he doesn't cave and he does move on, going off to heal in other places. He says in Luke's gospel, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. He's not going to give into their pleads, into their requests. He's not going to get caught up in the great things that he's doing in this place because he knows what he needs to do. He's listened to God. He sees the bigger picture. How do we know this? Well, because he literally spent the morning praying, talking to God, spending time in relationship with God. And so he, we know that he sees the bigger picture, the bigger ministry that he's called to be a part of. He knows he's ready to move on, and he does for the sake of the gospel. Jesus knows his purpose. He knows the cross lies ahead, and that means changing direction towards what God is calling him to. And we too are called to change direction and to go towards what God is calling us to. We're called to reset, change direction, and go toward the purpose God is calling us to. Now, Jesus did this pretty easy according to our text. He didn't hesitate and he went. But we know that that's kind of a hard task to do, especially when life is going good. When we're doing our thing, it's often easy to stick with it, with what we know and what is going well. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe in life you are just succeeding. Maybe work is going well. Your projects are finally coming together. Maybe your life feels like it finally has a rhythm back, especially after these last few years of COVID where we've kind of had a warp of time and everything's been disjointed. You're feeling like I'm finally in the groove of things. Things are finally normal. We know that here at, at First Church, we have a lot to celebrate about. Things are going really well. We had 17 new members join our church last week. We had two baptisms. And this weekend, yesterday or last night, we also had one more baptism. So it is very easy for us to see that things are going well. And it, it's easy for us to get caught up in the celebration of these wonderful moments. And it's tempting to stay in this celebration. That's what the crowds wanted to do. That's what the disciples wanted to do. They wanted to stay in that celebration, that moment that they'd experienced. They wanted to stay in the celebration of Jesus' power. But the question is, what do we need to do right now? Do we need to change direction? Or do we need to move forward with the energy we have so as not to stay still? 
But wherever you're at in your life right now, regardless of how good it might be, how comfortable it might be, we're called to listen to God and redirect if needed. We're called to listen to God. We're called to reset, to refocus, to recenter on our purpose because the path that we're going down right now might not be where we're called to serve for God. We might feel the joy of our celebration. We might be with the crowds and feel their excitement of the hope and power of Jesus being realized. But we also might be called to do something else. I'm not saying that if you're doing great things, doing wonderful things, healing people, and changing the world for good and for God's glory, that you need to stop doing that. But before we step back into what we're doing, before we continue, we must take time to communicate with God. We must take time to check in, to reset. We must take time to find out what to do and what God is calling us to. That may mean redirecting, changing direction to share our gifts somewhere else. Now, throughout Jesus' early ministry, we go back to that question, that awkward moment in the exchange. We see that Jesus heals someone and he casts out demons. He does so many wonderful things, but each time he tells those who are healed to be quiet. He tells the demons to be quiet because they realize who he is. And he doesn't want them to know quite yet who he really is. He knows that the time is not right because Jesus knows his purpose. He understands the bigger picture. And so while spreading the wonderful things that he is doing may seem like the best thing to do, he knows that the time is not right. And we have the benefit of knowing the full story, right? We know the Jesus who stands before the crowds doing wonderful things but we also know the Jesus at the cross and we know Jesus who rose from the dead. And so the people in the time, they don't understand how countercultural Jesus is in the moment. They don't understand his identity fully as the Messiah, the Christ, the savior of the world, but Jesus does. Jesus sees the bigger picture. So let me bring it back to Star Trek because I biasly think it's pretty cool. In Star Trek, all the officers are charged with one main rule when they encounter new worlds and seek out new life. And their rule is called the Prime Directive. And it basically states that they're prohibited from interfering with the natural development of the worlds and the life that they encounter. So in other words, if they go to a world that hasn't invented the wheel yet or doesn't have cars, they can't just show them how an engine works or show them a wheel and that it would be greatly better for their transportation. And as it turns out, this is kind of the main problem in most of the Star Trek episodes. They're dealing with this prime directive and how they interact with the worlds they encounter. But still, this prime directive, this, it serves as their guide. And as we journey and we reflect on where we are called to go, we also have a prime directive 
And that is Matthew 28, 19 through 20, which Jesus tells us, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as we take time to reflect and to reset with God, this should be our guide. Otherwise known as the Great Commission. And as we plan our launch, Jesus has shown us that we need to take time with God. We're to let God direct our missions, to dictate how we engage in our world. So where is God calling you to reset, to refocus, to redirect? Spend time with Jesus. Find your purpose that God is calling you to. I leave you today with what I think, as we take time to reset our focus on Jesus, might be our opening monologue for First Church. So again, cultivate that inner William, or William Shatner voice as I read this. Our world, the final frontier. This is the witness of First United Methodist Church. Its daily mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, and to connect, grow, and serve, to boldly shine the light of Jesus in ways it has never been seen before. First Church, live long and prosper. Amen. Let us pray. Wonderful God, we thank you for the power and the miraculousness of Jesus. We thank you for sending him in our world. And as we get excited with the crowds and the disciples, we ask that you would keep us focused on you. Encourage us to spend time with you in prayer, to know what your purpose is for our lives. And give us courage to follow that purpose. Whether we are going down the track we should be, or we need to change direction. We need to reset what our purpose may be. Show us, give us ears and hearts to listen to your word today. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information, like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.